Wait, what's the premise of this song? This is odd. Well, what, what, what's happening exactly? Um, he saw his mom kissing Santa Claus, and then he's trying to tell his dad. Well, it's a whole well, song about that. And? He's like, wait till daddy hears. That's odd, because it's a whole song about it. Who makes up a song about seeing their mom kissing Santa Claus and then telling their dad? Um, I'll have to look that up, who wrote it. But why does the subject matter disturb you so? Because he creeped in the night, and he saw Mom talking to Santa Claus and then kissing Santa Claus. So you think there's an element of voyeurism involved that you find odd? Yes. Do you think Santa Claus is the kind of guy who would go around kissing people's moms? No. He's usually not there physically. Yeah, and it's not really in his job description. Yeah. It's considered to be a cutely clever song. Tell me. Sometimes the narrator in a story doesn't know much about the situation, but the reader does know about the situation. Uh, okay. In this case, the narrator's just... A little kid. Right. It's a little strange that the mom is kissing Santa Claus. Yeah? Both people's motives are in question in this young, horrified person's mind. So why would his mom kiss Santa Claus? Because Santa Claus might be her husband. What? What? How can that be? I thought Santa Claus lived at the North Pole. Yeah. Tell me. Does this kid live at the North Pole? He might. Maybe it was his dad, but he was like all dissed up and he didn't know that that was his dad. He didn't know that his dad... You mean that kid's dad is Santa Claus? Santa Claus has kids? Maybe. There's a Mrs. Claus. You're listening to Rome Schooled, special edition. Santa is a flawed, hit-and-run instigator, and we made him that way. This may be the year that the traditional St. Nick patriarchy starts to crumble. Mrs. Claus, though far from having a hashtag MeToo moment, has plenty to complain about, as we will discover. It's actually been right under our noses for 50 years. In this episode, we talk to the guy whose twisted, talented brain brought us Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And we talk to a guy in Canada who actually got run over by Rudolph earlier this year. And finally, we put Santa, or our idea of him, on a Rome schooled trial. First, Texan songwriter Randy Brooks. Do either of you girls want to start? Oh, Dana's first question that she has written down is, is probably a good starting point. Why did you write Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Well, I wrote it to make fun of a kind of country song that people used to write a whole lot of, where it was a real sad song where they told you how wonderful somebody was in the first two verses, and something happened in the third verse, and the person passed away. And I just got tired of people tugging at my heartstrings like that. I thought, if the relative passes away... Just say so in the first of the song, and and then let's see what kind of song we can come up with. And it was specifically a song from Merle Haggard that I was poking fun at. Grandma's uh, grandma's handmade Christmas card. Yeah, grandma's Christmas card or grandma's homemade Christmas card. He he it had two different titles for it when he put it on two different albums. <laughs> the family once received a homemade Christmas card. Everyone was thrilled to read the verse inside. How does that guy feel about you writing a, a song to make fun of, fun of his song? <laughs> he never told me. I sent a copy of the record backstage to him in Lake Tahoe, 
but I don't know whether he ever listened to it or not. I mean, I'm sure at some point he he definitely heard the song, but I I never heard from him. <laughs> um, I I love your version of the song. I I like to hear you sing it. I wish that I'd grown up with the Randy Brooks version of the song because it's much more low key, Merle Haggard. Now we're all so proud of Grandpa. He's been taking this so well. See him in there watching football. You don't have the same approach as Dr. Elmo. Uh, not at all. <laughs> but I, but you know, it might not have it might not have worked. It might not have been a hit. He certainly sold it. Yeah, it might be that sort of more of a of a wacky approach that put it over. But that's so weird. It's about a relative dying and then there's this guy for a toddler show singing it. <laughs> for a toddler show? Yeah, Elmo is for a toddler show. Oh no, different Elmo. <laughs> Not the red Elmo. <laughs> yeah, different Elmo, Dr. Elmo, who actually was my veterinarian when I lived in San Francisco. And he said that once he recorded this song, he never had to clean out another cage. <laughs> he started milking the song pretty much full time. He does a lot of promotion, and his wife now helps him out doing live performances, although he's slowed down a bit from the live performances that he once did. The recording you hear on the radio now is not the original Elmo and Patsy recording. The first one that they did was much straighter. And it didn't have a keyboard on it. It was it's much more scaled down. But uh, there was none of that sort of shouting out the punchlines. Yeah. But yeah. after after it started getting played on the radio the first year, and they saw the reaction, they were performing it live and stuff like that. They went back in and did a, a little bit more elaborate version of it. And at that time, Elmo sort of started really punching the punching the jokes just in case just in case you missed them <laughs> ham, more ham boning <laughs> absolutely which was which was the kind of kind of act that they were kind of a country or bluegrass sunny and share but real uh, that a certain hee-haw element to it i remember hearing it on a very early dr demento show and it couldn't have been later than 81 or 82 he was just introducing it and then it was a huge hit a couple of years later and then recently i heard it and i don't remember all the callbacks about the gifts was that? That's right. On, on the original, it wasn't there. I went in to hear them playing in College Station, Texas one time after the song had been out a couple of years. And when the whole room full of people listened to them shouted, send them back, I was just blown away because I'd never heard that before. And, and I'd never heard an audience sing along with the song before either. And that just that blew me away to think that oh, all these people actually know this thing. <laughs> And you've written some other novelty songs, but you've also written some some serious songs, right? You you're a you're a songwriter kind of all over the map, aren't you? I am. I and I just write stuff that feels good for me to sing and perform, and that and that people seem to enjoy. What's your favorite Christmas song, and why? Well, it's probably Silent Night. It's just so it's so magical, and it reminds me of every Christmas in my life almost. And now I I sing in a church choir, and on Christmas Eve at midnight. We always end the service with all the lights going out except the candles, and we sing Silent Night, and I just think it's so special. What's your least favorite Christmas song? You know, I don't, I don't think I have one. I, I sort of don't like to say because so many people have answered that with Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer that I, <laughs> that I, don't, I don't want to do that to anybody else. I can't imagine anybody saying. I, you know, people are always telling me, you know, the people who compile the list and disc jockeys and stuff, saying that it appears at both at the top of the least like and the most like list sometimes, which is really odd. Okay. Um, 
Why is the part about you say there's no such thing as Santa? Who says that? Oh, well, that's just the the narrator. The storyteller <laughs> is saying that. And actually, I wrote this song to sing in bars. I used to sing with a band, and I, I never intended this song for kids to hear it, you know, so... So that made me stop and think, well, maybe I should have maybe I should have changed some of the words. Do you think that you might have gotten some people asking the question? <laughs> well, nobody ever really has, but I've always felt bad about it. And then when it caught on with kids, all these little kids singing along, I guess they've all heard the question asked, you know. At least at a certain age you, you hear that question asked and what whether you believe or you don't believe, somebody might say there's no such thing. I think it's a it's a debate in my girls' third grade classroom, is that right? Yeah, kinda. Sean and Gabriel say there's no such thing as Santa and it's just your parents. They just fake it so they get more presents. That's what they say. Ah, manipulative little monsters. They're very smart. They'll be business leaders one day. <laughs> and and where do you guys fall on the issue, knowing that you just set yourself up for me to see right through whatever <laughs> Um, I felt that, yes, there's, there's Santa, I think. I don't get how he gets around the world in 10 hours. Hmm. Yeah, and how does so he sweep down the chimney? A lot of questions. They're all good, they're all good questions. Some people don't but, have okay. chimneys. <laughs> but, you know, I guess the bottom line is the song actually uh, proves that there is a Santa. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. <laughs> yep. and, and so it also brings up some things about Santa's behavior which we have to address. And your song is not the only one in which Santa is a bit of a misanthrope. I mean, he's definitely a, a hit and run. Whether he meant to do it or not, um, and who knows what the repercussions are, Santa has been portrayed in not the most flattering light in a lot of Christmas songs. The girls heard I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus the other night, and the question is, does Santa Claus engage in this kind of behavior, do you think? Wow. In, in my song... It was just an accident. It was in the dark, and he didn't even know it happened. Oh. And the reindeer didn't tell him, so... Do you think it's the fault of any one reindeer here? Is there anybody more culpable than others? Wow, that's a good question. Maybe Rudolph's light was on the blink. Okay. Or it could have been snowing really hard. Okay. What do your grandparents think of it? I think my grandmother would have just loved it. She had a good sense of humor, and she laughed at me, and I think she would have really been happy. <laughs> and, in fact, some of the some of the lines in the song are really about her and about some of my older relatives when I was a little boy. My grandmother did wear a wig, and she did maybe sometimes drink too much eggnog <laughs> with a little, because we were from Kentucky, and there was some whiskey in their eggnog and things like that, you know, that really came from. And my grandfather and his brothers, after Christmas dinner, they would go in and set up the card table, and they would drink beer and play cards and watch football. And so I worked all of that into the song. So it's a family song, full of family tradition and matricide. <laughs> Grand matricide. Grand matricide, right. My dad's a songwriter, and he sometimes looks back at old songs and cringes. Is there anything in the song that makes you want to cringe? No. I have old songs that make me want to cringe, but this one makes me very, very happy as things turned out. <laughs> yeah, whenever a song is as successful as this, who's going to second guess, you know? There's one line I'm going to call you out on, and I think it's it's either genius or maybe one of the most evil lines I've ever heard uh, about incriminating claws marks on her back. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Marx Brothers' influence. <laughs> but if Santa's not aware that this happened and the reindeer are responsible, how did he get marks on her back? <laughs> well, what I, what I was picturing was 
the rungs of the sleigh driven by Santa Claus. Ah, you've had to answer this question before, haven't you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, some of these are some of these are a little bit different, and maybe I'm you know maybe I'm influenced by by animation and T-shirts that have been done and stuff like that over the years. But I I think that was all I was thinking was the sleigh would be would be the mark of Santa Claus <laughs> that he had been there. Gotcha. Those are the Claus marks. The sleigh sleigh yeah. marks. It is evil if you want to think of it the other way. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely very um it's very Marv Albert if you think of it the other way. Oh wow. <laughs> so Santa's in this song indirectly as an irresponsible driver at best. But all these songs about Santa Claus that have a nefarious or overly mischievous character, like in um Santa Baby, there's a suggestion that Santa can be wooed or cajoled when everyone knows that Mrs. Claus is faithfully waiting at home. It's true. So I I don't think uh I don't think Santa is the nefarious character in that song. I think it's the the woman singing the song, coming on to Santa. Yeah, Eartha Kitt, or, or the the man who wrote the words for Eartha Kitt. That's right. And there's I, I don't, as I recall, there's no indication that Santa succumbs to her temptation. Now, 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 where it might is if you if you happen to go online and listen to my going on a date with Santa. I did. It did. That, that one is more incriminating. <laughs> He's actually agreed to going on a date. That's right. And he and he admits that he and Mrs. Claus have a sort of an open marriage. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange and twisted road for a thing that you created to take. Every single American knows this song and has an opinion on it. I had never heard it before. Except for you, you're just a squirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's a first first time for everything. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, girls. Merry Christmas. I hope Mrs. Claus. I hope Mrs. Claus don't mind. I went to the mall and I sat on his lap. He gave me a pinch and I gave Yes, him if it's slap. disturbing to you, you're not alone. But I think the song holds a unique and special place in all of our hearts. The next guy we talked to lives all the way up in the northern reaches of Canada, and he's a songwriter also but he takes sort of the inverse approach. In fact, his most famous song to date is the true story of his getting run over by Rudolph. It happened of all days on April Fool's Day, so nobody believed him when he first told everybody about it. But fortunately, the whole thing was caught on video by a security camera and went viral. Meet rapper and victim of a deer hit and run, Carrie McCook. Alright, listen closely. Fathers don't know me. Add fuel to the ninja and hit me back in full swing. Except for Mother Nature, maybe doing you a favor. Had the eyes of the world laughing at me. With me, there's still some things I don't get. April 1st was the worst day to get hit by a mule or a white tail. Rudolph Lundgren, a quiet piece, and I became an even burn in a day. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm an environmental manager too, so I spend most of my time in the woods. And being a rapper is just pretty much the dream I'm chasing. So you spend a lot of time in the woods? During the summer, during the summer and the fall. I live in Prince George, British Columbia. I went to Smithers for environmental training courses. And then here, it happened to be on April 1st of all days. I was coming back from a pretty fun evening with my buddies, and he was just dropping me off in his truck, which pulled up. His name is Miles, Miles Many Great Horses. And I thought I was going to have a calm sleep, but once I stepped out of the truck, and then here, here, here three gals to my left, and bam, I got hit on the ground. Next thing you know... I'm getting up laughing because there is full of deer fur on my <laughs> on my arm, my left arm, and my right arm. There's grass stains, so it was pretty funny. I've seen the tape of this, and it's 
I don't think I would have been laughing. I think I would have been broken. Oh, <laughs> well, there's so there's so much adrenaline at the time. You're so hyper from what just happened. You're, I kind of just got up and was like, whoa, was that a deer? <laughs> and the guy in the truck, he seen the deer coming. But then he just, he couldn't believe it too because he was in, just as in shock as I was. Do you think the deer had any reason to do it, especially on April Fool's? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I don't think he really had a good reason. I think the deer was just mad probably because I was in the, I had to go in the woods that day. And we did see deer later on that week, but we were just taking pictures and stuff. But there's another animal in the shot that I'm curious about. What? Who else is playing a role in this this dramatic moment? There's a reason why this deer was coming like 80 miles per hour towards me. <laughs> to my eyes, when it all happened, I thought there was two deer running at me. But then it, it turned out, as I looked at the camera and when I got up, it was actually <laughs> this dog chasing this deer towards me. And then once I got clipped, the dog suddenly lost interest and turned around and went back to wherever it was he was running from. But yeah, there was a dog chasing the deer. When you see deers today, do you kind of hold a grudge on them because that one deer ran you over? <laughs> Not really. Not really. I think of it more as an awakening as anything now. Because <laughs> now it teaches me a very good lesson just to make sure I keep a good view of my surroundings before I exit any vehicle or exit any hotel. This is great advice from Kerry, who got run over by a deer, but he also gives good advice to his band, or as we call them in the United States, tribe. Doing environmental training courses, so building more of my knowledge of basic environmental procedures to take. Right now, um, we're dealing with mines. I work for my First Nations band. The First Nations is like Native Americans in terms of the terminology? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the whole reserve is a band. Okay. So what do you do then? Um, I am an environmental manager, so right now I, I'm, I sit on a committee that's dealing with major industries opening up in our area, in our territory. Our band is located right between the mountains, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. It's where the Kardashian Nation, but on any atlas, it will be labeled Fort Ware. Okay. It's in the middle of British Columbia, 600 kilometers north on a dirt road, so pretty much on a logging road, so it's pretty much middle of nowhere, and that is our... First Nations territory. So, but you you do some work making sure that it, that the development that's happening doesn't have a negative impact on the on your band. The environment, yeah, on the environment and the land in our First Nations community. That's a pretty great job. Yeah, it keeps me busy. It's it's a lot because right now we're we're under the permitting stage and passing the permits. Are you familiar with the song "Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer"? Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar with the song Grandma's Got Run Over by Reindeer. And, and, That's a classic, and it's, um, I've been listening to it because as a musician, you have to produce your own sound, and sometimes we um, collaborate. And I was actually wanting to collaborate Grandma's Got Run Over by Reindeer and try to find a sound or find a right instrumental, but use that hook and try to intertwine it with my music it'll be so it's such a good idea i think that'd be great it is a great idea well we talked to the guy who wrote the song yesterday um yeah we interviewed him he's a super nice guy he lives down in dallas texas oh that's awesome i just and today i sent him the video i sent him the video of you i got hit by a deer uh it's your video about it wild live <laughs> wild live oh yeah 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 <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Headlines, headlines, headlines.
What's your favorite Christmas song? My favorite Christmas song? I did have to play the Grinch one time in my little girl's Christmas concert. And he sings? Where are you, Christmas? Why can't I find? And I, um, I, I actually love that song. That's my favorite Christmas song. What's your least favorite Christmas song? I would have to say, I would have to say the Little Drummer Boy, because <laughs> <laughs> it, it brings me back to when I was uh, when I had to do Christmas plays and I had to play the Little Drummer Boy. Did not like the outfit. <laughs> so every time you get out of a vehicle and maybe you've got your little girl with you. Do you go back to that minute when that deer came charging at you? <laughs> Always, no. Always, because that was so unexpected. I remember the day perfectly. Everything was calm. I was tired. I was going to go inside. The distance was from the door to the main entrance to my hotel. It was just crazy. And getting out of the truck, turning left, and hearing these hits <laughs> hit, hit the concrete. Then for a moment there, I thought the deer was taking my backpack, so I clinched my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You're lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the luckiest part was it, it didn't hold a grudge from it getting knocked down and turning around and beating the crap out of me, but I kept on running. So, yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> and I'm lucky it's not a moose. <laughs> very much. Very much. All right. Well, thanks for talking to us, Gary. Okay. Have happy holidays. Thank you. You're welcome. You guys take care. And now, Carrie, there's one more reason for you to feel lucky. You're lucky because we love to do mashups. So here's the song that my kids literally can't stop singing this weekend. Now keep in mind, this is just a demo. We can't speak to the production quality here. And we've taken some serious liberties. So Carrie and Randy and Elmo, we beg your forgiveness here. The rest of you, just look both ways and enjoy. Hey mom, I just got hit by a tear. No, I wasn't drinking. What the heck kind of question is that? Come on. Randy Brooks and Carrie McCook can both be found on Facebook, and there are links on our website. Okay, so just a final few notes about this character, Santa Claus. Well, Donner, where's the new member of the family? After all, if he's going to be on my team someday, he'd better get to know me. <laughs> Seems like a nice enough guy at first. Well, hi there. Aren't you the sturdy little fellow? <laughs> he meets Rudolph. Cute little reindeer. <laughs> and smart, too. But then Rudolph's nose starts to glow. 
Great bouncing iceberg. We talk about an overreaction. Stop as soon as he grows up, Santa. Well, let's hope so if he wants to make the sleigh team someday. No, Santa's right. He'll never make the sleigh team. That seems kind of harsh, don't you think? Why would it matter what color if there's no sun? Why would it matter if somebody had a pink nose? If it seems like, yeah, Santa's definitely not uh, woke, as they say, yet. Um, in this in this scene, although this is this is well into his career as Santa, yet he seems like he's still kind of a jerk, right? Yeah. It could have just been a moment, though. He's in shock. His lead reindeer has a son who's a little different, and uh, you'd think he'll maybe he'll come back, right? Well, let's get this over with. I have to go down and look over the new deer. Okay, Santa. Now let's try out the new elf song I wrote. And remember, it's for Santa and the wanna and the tua and the threea. In the meantime, a little later, we find out that the elves have made this beautiful song for him, and they're just going to sit down and give him a private performance of this highly polished, beautiful song that they've worked out. And what's his reaction? Hmm... Well, it needs work. I have to go. Uh-uh. Here comes the call. He sits there during the whole song, which is quite lovely. With uh, It has choreographed slapstick humor, very tight dance routines and cuteness, and it has all this intricate um, arrangement to it. What a jerk, but that's probably not how Santa really acts. I mean, that's stop animation. I bet that's not really how it was. And I bet he was kind of more nice about it. Then there's the heartbreaking scene where Rudolph gets the Doe's number and she says that he's cute and he's so fired up and feeling confident. I'm cute! I'm cute! She said I'm cute! Not bad! Not bad at all! <laughs> but then when he lands and he's playing, his nose pops off and everybody freaks out. For crying out loud! And Santa walks in just to make the situation a hundred times worse and says, You should be ashamed of yourself. What a pity. He had a nice takeoff, too. What do you think of that reaction? Uh, His takeoff was good, too. Yeah, he had a great takeoff, by the way. Totally inspired. And Santa comes in and just trashes him. From now on, gang, we won't let Rudolph join in any reindeer games, right? So for me, when I go back and I watch this, I don't even think there's redemption for Santa Claus. Just because Rudolph's able to keep him from recklessly driving his sleigh, uh, which he obviously has a problem with, as we learn later in Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, I kind of lost my faith in Santa Claus here because of this. I mean, whether you believe or not, jeez, what a jerk. I think that might have been not how it happened because... Um, I think Santa might have been a bit nicer, and they just did that kind of... But Santa's the hero. Why would they portray him like this? My theory is, first of all, I think this is the year of Mrs. Claus. She's going to have her moment. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know how it's going to take shape. But I think it's time for Mrs. Claus to shine. Yeah. And I also think that whatever St. Nick is, whatever Santa Claus is... If he has issues, it's because we've made him that way. And all of our spending, all of our TV and materialism, it's us who have made Santa Claus problematic. And that's what we're going to leave our listeners with, as well as wishes for a great, happy holiday. Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. And have a happy new year. From Rome Schooled.
Thanks for listening. Rome School is produced by me and the girls, Dana and Veronica. We are distributed by ACAST. We are a nonprofit. So at the end of the year, if you've done well and you'd like to share a little something, we will accept your tax-deductible donations. Put them toward the monumental task of finding real people out there in the world whose stories deserve to be told and bringing them to your internet dial. We have help making this show from Lydia Ritchie, Slater Smith, and Ben Landsverk. The music you heard in the show is made by Wonderly, except for the great songs of Randy Brooks and Carrie McCook. Plus, I snuck a little Silent Night by The Seldom Scene in there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon.